0: Without the, little Without the That was for Kathy. All right. She is my woo girl.
1: She is. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ignite Radio Live.
0: Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you are with Greg and Stephanie Schneider, and we are so blessed to be with you tonight, and even more blessed that. Kathy and Terry Bettinger get to be with you all and us together this awesome night.
1: That's right, folks. So we're all in a journey, and it's good to punctuate that right now, that we are, we are part of God's custom-designed retreat. Think of it that way. You've made a Crisillo chirp, Tack Ignite, whatever your powerful weekend was. Well, it's helpful for us to think that the ordinary things right now that you're experiencing, wherever you're at, are part of God's custom-designed retreat. Meant for what? For ever-deepening encounter with Him. We lose sight of that often, and that's why we love to have guests on air, especially married couples, which is what we're about. We're about living the Trinity, imaging the Trinity. We know the family's under attack. Marriage and family is under attack. Why? Because God made us to make love known. He has love, the Trinity, and He gives us spouses has us many spouses. Now, it gives us our spouse and our family. <laughs> how, how many? Exactly. To, uh, we could tell a joke there, but I'm a refrain. Uh, for, to make love known. And we forget that. Right now, wherever you're at, is unsurpassed in its value. So praise God for the memory you have of that encounter experience. Praise God for what it did in opening your heart and mind. But God is present here and now. He is the great I Am. And so we're going to begin tonight in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Lord, we just come before you trying to keep it real. We thank you for our Catholic faith and the ritual that you give us and the relationship you want to cultivate at the heart of that ritual. We thank you for formal prayer. But Jesus, you want us to approach you with our hearts. As it says in Scripture, circumcise your hearts, not your garments. rend your hearts, not your garments. So Lord, in this very moment, you know our hearts. You know the struggles and challenges and the joys and the delights. Help us to see that This moment is in your heart and in your mind. You're working out your thing with us in this moment. And we just pray all the more to avail to your unveiling. Help us to avail to your unveiling and to know you're doing something powerful. And we thank you for the journey. We thank you that it didn't just happen right out of the garden when they fell. You didn't come on the scene right away and Jesus and and redeem them in that moment. There's a journey and a process. And so, Lord, you invite us to also lean into the process, and to see that it is uh, sometimes demands patience, endurance, when it's dark and cloudy and all of that. We all experience it, but you're in it. And so we proclaim that on this night, and we pray that you make us all the more aware of your purpose. We ask this in your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So two kind of commercials, and then we're going to get to the great story of the beddingers So delighted to have this couple whom we've known three or four years. And I have to say, truly, um, there are many things that, that um, punctuate every individual couple. But these guys, you guys have really blessed us with your honesty of seeking Christ with your hearts and the journey that he's led you on, um, it, which has blessed us and many other couples. And so I thank you for your honesty in our lives. And in Grateful for those of you who are listening tonight to hear that, to stay tuned in and to hear that, and hopefully hear in their story, you know, an openness of how God is still moving in your life. Hopefully, if you've thought you've arrived, well, we know we're not, and just to really be attuned to that process. Uh, So, two commercials. Number one, um, we are blessed on October 12th to be hosting an encounter healing service. Now, some of you are familiar with Patrick Rice, Father Matthias, a solid Catholic ministry that's about availing to the power of the holy spirit jesus said you'll do even greater things than you saw me do Well, how many of us right now are struggling with heart, mind, body, soul, areas in need of healing. Well, that's all of us. And uh, if you go online and you check out the movie Fearless, you'll see some amazing testimonial stories of God, truly powerful and alive. And uh, this past January, they hosted the National Conference at the Seagate here in Toledo. 1,500 people came. The next one will be next January. We're hoping to double that size at the Seagate Center, again, led by Encounter Ministries. But as a primer for that, October 12th, join us. Uh, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. It's shorter. It's not a few days. It's an accessible three hours. 6.30 to 9.30 healing service. So if your heart is pining to more powerfully know God alive, and that should be all of us, make the commitment to come. It's absolutely free. Encounter Ministries. And you can find out more about that if you go to MassImpact.us. It's the very first banner. Click on that. MassImpact.us. 6.30 to 9.30, October 12th. The next invite that I have for you, commercial, is next Monday. It's the first time I've really announced this publicly, but we have been meeting a group of us, brothers in Christ, on a monthly basis, more than just to get together and share our faith. Yeah, that's cool, but with a deeper sense of, gosh, we want to grow together. We want to be challenged. We want, to, we want it to overflow into our marriages and families. We don't want it to be constrained to just these moments, and we want to help each other do that. So we've essentially refocused this beginning next Monday with something we're calling... Uh, battle ready. Thank you, Stephanie. Battle ready, uh, <laughs> battle pastor. Almost ready. <laughs> uh, almost ready. So, Pastor Bo is going to uh, really bring it. He's a really gifted speaker, evangelist, and he's going to come and share with us Ephesians six twelve for us to awaken to the battle we face. Maybe the reason we're not living it in our marriages and families is we don't know how the enemy is is pinpointing our weakness and you know if you will exploiting it are we aware of the way the enemy is doing that so that we can understand it name it renounce it and really open our hearts instead of to the junk to open our hearts to god's grace because he fashioned us for that how many of you yearn for that i do i yearn to know that more fully and to be united with brothers doing that so it's free also from 8 to 9.30 p.m. It's going to be at the Schleter Abode, so all men age 18 and over. I invite you to join us for that evening. Father John Miller will be on hand hearing confessions. It's going to be a powerful night around the bonfire. Bring a lawn chair. And if you want to find out more, since I don't have a uh, website yet, email me, greg, Jerry G at massimpact.us. greg at massimpact.us. And with no further ado...
0: So we love to proclaim the scripture from Revelation twelve eleven. They defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. Praise God for our Holy Mass and by the word of their testimony. So we are blessed beyond words tonight to hear the testimony of the Bettinger of the wonderful Terry and Kathy variety. Woo woo woo! Cue the drums and the music and the applause and everything else. Greg gave a little bit of intro. To you, um, And I'll keep mine very short because I'll probably get choked up because these Hello, two people <laughs> are so dear and wonderful. And just um, out of the many people that we've been blessed to know in Toledo that the Lord has allowed our lives to intersect, if you will, and walk alongside. Um, these two are some of the most at the top of the list, just sincere and good and just wonderful, wonderful and fun. people, and fun, so fun. Crying. Crying. <laughs> <laughs> but just we're we're blessed to have you mm-hmm. in our lives. We're blessed to walk this faith with you, to to do life with you, um, and blessed by literally, as Greg said, your the truthfulness in in just um, how you share your life. And they have three wonderful, awesome kids too, who are very near and dear to our hearts. Um, but Thanks. just good friends. So welcome. I'll, I'll stop going. it with that. So <laughs> no, keep
2: going. Keep going.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so would you like to go first, Kathy, and giving us just a, a little bit of your background? And you are from Toledo, and kind of just tell us how you grew up and kind of where you came to the point in your life before meeting Terry. Sure.
2: So I was born and raised in Toledo. Went to uh, Rosary Cathedral. So cradle Catholic, K through twelve. Uh, rocher Cathedral then Central Catholic graduated in 87 mm. um, lived in near the Old West End we were in a pretty pretty poor neighborhood um, we weren't in the beautiful homes of the Old West End We were, but we were in nice homes um, moved out of that area in 87 um, 86, 87 87 moved, moved over by Franklin Park Mall in that area um, mom just moved from there met Terry in oh should have written this down
1: 87 87. he's here to help you he's here to help me yeah met
2: him in 87 in a bar in
1: toledo Toledo. (laughs) name that song
2: so bar that i was too young that i shouldn't have been in but
0: uh, that's awesome so as you went to rosary cathedral and how was what was faith like in your home what was it like in the school how was it lived out or was it just something
2: both you know church on sunday every sunday didn't you know didn't miss a mass um parents you know both mom and dad married three uh, or four siblings um went to church didn't know why went to church every sunday you went to church because you went to church went k through like i said k through 12 um i always <laughs> you guys have probably heard me say it a million times we learned religion, and we learned history, and we never learned the two were together. Mm-hmm. So all through that. And and if we did, like you've also heard me say how ADD I was, I probably was having still, you know, six chapters back trying to keep <laughs> up. So um, it, it didn't hit me uh, when we got married, you know, Catholic marriage. I, I it, it was funny because we were at a marriage encounter with you guys, and um, I think as Bob Schutz was saying, mm-hmm. you know, when you're up on the altar what are your plans what were you planning what were you thinking and I think truly at that time we were thinking like is the food gonna be good at the reception you know <laughs> does my makeup look okay you know am I am I an ugly crier you know just stupid <laughs> stuff and so it, it, it was very humbling to look back on that and then also pray that, that my children have a much better uh plan for their their marriage rather than their wedding so
1: so kathy coming up on your 50th birthday celebrating Mm -hmm. you which Mm -hmm. i can say because you kind of gave us your Mm -hmm. graduate of high school anyways um so you like us the 70s were sort of the grade school 80s maybe a little bit into high school and we know what that culture was like for those who are younger uh we didn't have cell phones and internet and that kind of accessibility to a lot of good, but a lot of toxicity. Um, We did have the emergence of cable TV and that was pretty significant. And even a little bit of VHS, there was sort of a different access to media, MTV.
0: What's What's VHS? Right,
1: exactly. The precursor to DVDs, (laughs) etc. And the culture was still kind of like the experimenting with free sex and the pill made it very easy for people to have sex without consequence, at least physical as they may think we know that's not the case you're in the medical arena you know that but you know that was sort of the the in the water versus 20 years prior um the music was all about you know live it uh you know, if it feels good, do it was probably the prominent mm-hmm. postulate of the day. And I would say, tell me, I'm just I don't know the background here, how you may want to go with this, but okay, you had Catholicism in the water a little bit. Right. It was important to you. You had those moments of connection, but the culture was really defined by a very prominent sense of the feel good do it. And parents maybe giving uh, a lot of license and freedom for kids to, uh, you know, explore without really knowing kind of the dangers that many of us were exposed to and choosing them. How did that world, that portrait, how did that affect Kathy?
2: Can you repeat that? No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <You really laughs> spare the audience. So
2: show's over. My my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She worked in the schools that we worked in uh, or went to school. Um, she started working when one of my brothers, I think, started high school. So my oldest brother. So. She was home um, and very present, very, you know, involved and, and, you know, great childhood, like, you know, can't complain. Um, We were pretty poor in a pretty wealthy school at Central Mm -hmm. Catholic. It was, you know, quite a bit of wealth. And um, I didn't have the hip clothes. I didn't have the hip haircuts. I didn't have the makeup. So I wasn't, you know— I don't want to say, it, and I i wasn't a popular kid. I wasn't, you know, liked everybody. Everybody liked me. You know, it was just a pretty benign. Um, I was blessed um, with beings. My mom worked at my high school. Um, she was very close with the priests at that time and the priests at Rosary Cathedral because she was very involved. And so I have a huge, you know, montage of great priests mm-hmm. in my awesome. upbringing, at least. Right. Um so even to this day, I, I tell a story how I used to go to um, the convent. One of the one of the nuns that was one of my mom's very good friends, Sister Geraldine, we used to go and spend the night, and, you know, that would be unheard hmm, of. Nowadays. Absolutely. My, right. my brother and I would go spend the night, and, you know, That's it's so where amazing. I developed my love of bed knobs and broomsticks and, <laughs> you know, waking her up because we were scared to death of, you know, the sounds we were hearing. But um, So I had that great, you know, at least that, those, you know, People kind of forging the way. That's very rich. One thing I always Mm -hmm. said was that um, you always have to have somebody to disappoint, which helps drive you. Then, kind of like Mm -hmm. we say, anxiety can be some goodness because you need that drive. It was the same thing. Mm -hmm. I had a great uncle who was not Catholic, was not religious whatsoever, but a a very good role model in my life. And so, the thought of disappointing him Mm -hmm. steered me from doing things. You know, Mm of course, I was in the bar that I shouldn't have been in, but. You know, past that, I was pretty. Uh, I was. I was pretty well behaved.
1: How rare were you? How rare was that for you among your peers? Very.
2: I mean, it okay. was. It was very. And you knew rare. that it wasn't just. Yeah, I found out. You know, my my best friend in high school had had two abortions, maybe mm. two or three abortions before we graduated. Is that right? And wow. and and in that, I look back and think, how did my mom let me hang out with her? Like, mm. I would go and stay the night at her house, and I. I. I it amazes me. You know that you. I still turned out okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. So you're
1: conscious of the toxicity around you, but, but you were given a good compass and the grace to kind of at least stay within the lines of the road for the most part, right. which really made you stand out, I suspect. We were talking with peers, and John Paul and others were validating that, and in, in some of my nephews were talking about the how, how we progress in high school, typically from freshman to senior year, how the numbers increase of those who really, how else I say it, and, yeah. engage in mortal sin. Whether it be sexual or drink, you know, drinking the whole deal. Um, so, really, I think probably seventy-five percent of my class, by the time they were seniors, were in the scene, okay. and um, and so the fact that you were blessed to navigate clear of that is, is pretty awesome. Terry, what's your background? Hello. Tell us a little bit about your background and what Hi, led Terry. you to kind of that Hi. encounter with Christ. Well, grew up in Berkey, Ohio.
0: Woo-woo.
3: Family of ten, Catholic family from the start which number were you? I am the youngest boy, number nine. I have a sister that's younger than me. There was eight boys and two girls. Um, Sunday church, Sunday dinner, regular Catholic family that was basically the Sunday thing. The rest of the week, nothing. Um, Didn't know any better. Right. most of my siblings went to Catholic school at Saint Elizabeth's till they closed it and then we went to public school. So I never got to experience any Catholic school. Um Is that right? Yes. Uh they they were had the opportunity to go up to Saint Mary's in Assumption where Holy Trinity is now, but uh my mom and dad never pursued mm-hmm. that, so we just went to public school. Um great family upbringing uh very modest my grandfather's uh farm was next door so he had 20 acres and we my father worked that as well as working at jeep um so we got to experience the the farm life for a little bit That's awesome uh had a great garden had lots of great friends and neighbors um dad worked a lot mom was stay at home uh, lived very modest. Raised most of our own food. Uh, did all our own canning. We butchered. We did everything
1: we needed to do to survive. Uh, That's great. So now we see where some of it comes from. The bedding is. Yes. We're always blessed by their home made, grown products, which is really a cool thing, and unfortunately too rare.
0: Well, just the education that one gets in what you described. Right. Yes. And and just this the true stuff of life from the land to the family to the work uh-huh. ethic to and all the the good bad and everything in between that comes with that uh-huh. I'm sure right but the um just that kind of education is a, a beautiful uh, rare thing anymore I guess is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say.
1: So both of you. From Catholic families, it had value. You made it to Sunday Masses. You're both intuiting or suggesting that from the vantage of today, you know that there's more to it than that, and you've had a journey to bring you to the point now where Christ is deeply meaningful and definitive in your life. Again, we're... Not pronouncing you saints yet, not that yeah. we have the capacity, but there. But no, just so there's a journey between then and now. Mm-hmm. So share with us a little bit of the meeting dating story. Take and us to if, the if bar, and how, apparently. you know, I think perhaps the faith kicks in, perhaps during that, certainly a little laughter, But tell Quiet us the dating after. story. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, okay. Tell, let's go with the dating courtship story. Tell us. When did you meet and all that?
3: Well, uh, I had a group of friends that every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was our go out and have fun. Um, just
2: three nights a week.
0: Just three <laughs> nights <laughs> a week. really cool. you
3: know, <laughs> deprived. That was uh, plenty.
2: Terry was working from <laughs> 15, 14, 15 on full time. so. Uh,
3: so uh, we would hit a lot of the different clubs you know that were cool in the late 80s. and uh, mannequins was a cool club at the Bowling alley at Reynolds and uh, Central. And we went in there, and lo and behold, that's where Kathy was. Not old okay. enough to
2: be in the bar.
1: <laughs> right. So you have a large place full of people, though. Tell us about the connection. How did you actually get to um, talk to see here? He Purely physical? Is that what you're saying? saying uh,
3: friends of mine were friends with these other people that went to—we uh, were from Evergreen. They went to Sylvania, Southview. And— uh we were hanging out with them, and Kath was hanging out with them as well, uh, with some other people.
1: Do you so remember this, I, Kathy?
2: Yeah, I had I was working at the mall at the time, so I was working at Spencer Gifts, and when that you, made, you
0: worked at Spencer I worked Gifts, at Spencer. that's wasn't awesome, like the
1: creepy scary. store, like a lot of it is now. Interesting, it's really, really okay. bad.
2: Yeah, it, it, only it was like,
1: interesting then.
2: It had okay. one <laughs> little section. <laughs> yes.
1: like yes. Halloween, it gets really. Yeah, it was fun. Continue, it really continue. was a fun continue. job. Um, All right.
2: So I worked at Spencers. My brother worked at the Footlocker right next door. Um, so a gentleman had come in there and and purchased was purchasing all the black lights for those mannequins. So I was I was a young senior. So I was seventeen when I was a senior, um, and at that time was eighteen the drinking age or was it twenty one already?
3: Not sure. Not
2: sure. So. I wasn't old enough, and I wasn't a drinker. I didn't. I'd never, you know, was into that. So I, he would let us, my friends that I worked with, um, come there and dance and just, you know, hang out and, and dance. And so I had met, uh, you know, tons of people there. Um, and so I met a guy who actually ended up being a distant cousin of Terry's, but that lasted, you know, very minimally. And I think actually I met Terry on the night that that guy and I – broke up so (laughs) it was my prom night so actually it was pretty funny yeah, not go to prom and met Terry. <laughs> and he never left. <laughs>
1: mm. Okay, so tell us about the what was unique. What I mean, who was interested in who? Was it mutual? Did you talk that night? What went down I mean, the night it, of the meeting? So many
2: people have such good stories. I don't... You don't need one. Well, it's no. all I, good because it's something yours. Something
1: happened. Yeah. He's
2: not a dancer. I well, love to dance.
3: She probably didn't think I was too serious, but I was. Nah. And uh, <laughs> she... Uh, invited me to Easter Sunday dinner and probably didn't think I would show up but guess what
1: I showed up. That's wow.
2: awesome. We sat down and ate and my father fell in love so it was pretty funny. Gotcha. Was, so you exchange digits. Eight,
1: so. You know, we're missing some steps here which yeah, is fine. I'm being more yeah. female about this but it is interesting. So somehow that first connection, that you, yeah, thank you yeah. Terry. <laughs> somehow in this it did, you know, result in changing, you know, exchanging numbers and right, some interest right. level.
2: And literally started dating and inseparable from mm, there. Like, okay. it wasn't a, oh, are you going to see other people? Are we, it, it was never a conversation. It was never, a, we have the, like the weirdest mm. dating story. Like we weren't like, You we it. it was yeah. just, yeah, it was just mm. kind of
1: simple and focused. Did Catholicism yeah. matter to both of you? Like, was it a criteria? Never, it a, not ever a conversation. Okay. Really? Ever a
2: conversation.
3: Unfortunately, okay. uh our our faith didn't really uh play a factor in our life the way it should have until no. probably our 40s. Okay. Um, I always say 45. And long I'm long. so blessed that our three kids are so much further ahead than mm. we are. Mm-hmm. On getting it and knowing sure. what's right, what's wrong, what's a what's a sin, it's what's immortal. not a sin, yep. what's a mortal sin. Yep. You know, uh, there was plenty of Sundays that you didn't want to get out of bed and you didn't, but. Our
1: kids are like, hey, let's go, you know. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. So so let me pause you on that. I don't want to go too Mm -hmm. far forward. We'll go chronologically here. So 17, you're 17, Kathy. Terry, you're 19. Terry comes to your house uh, for Easter dinner that night. Your dad, good connection there, which obviously is cool, and the family's embracing also. Um, How far after then until you got married? Four years. Okay. And when did you know that that was going to happen? When did you know? Right away.
2: When you say six months, eight months, we probably talked about it. You know, we
3: yeah, we were the kind that wanted to have all our ducks in a row, and all this had to be right before that day come. Mm -hmm. And then once we got married, you know, we had all these. Oh, we need to have this and this in order before we start to have kids. I mean, totally not in the faith. Mm -hmm. You know, not Mm -hmm. believing in God and saying, you know what. It's all going to work out. It's all going
1: to be fine. Okay? Yeah. So still going to Mass, with a few exceptions, oh, yeah. seems going like. Going to and Mass,
2: important. I was probably the, the. I don't know what the word would Worse. be. Worse? Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I was. I would be on call, so I'm too tired to get up to go to Mass. Never mind the fact that there were 18 other Masses, but St. Joe's didn't have a, B, and you know. Right, so yeah. I was the one who would kind of... Be too tired and he would get up he was much much more faithful at, at going to mass than than i was but um,
3: well, see she was much more saintly <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love there it i go. love it
0: so how long before hannah came along
2: hannah came around in 95. four more years yep four more years we waited to marry in 91 we were poor i mean when mm. i say we did not have much. He was making about what
3: six six something an hour, yeah.
2: An hour, and I was still in school. I we were was, renting. Think I'm gonna write the timeline. Hmm. Yeah, we are paying two hundred fifty dollars a month for a trailer uh, that was on land. Mm-hmm. Lived there for not terribly long. Mm-hmm. Terry took care of an elderly woman. Um, mm-hmm. Would take her grocery shopping, take care of her garden. She had another farmhouse, and then. Once we got married, she—or not once we got—but soon after we got married, we moved into that house, um, which was a complete blessing.
1: So Catholicism, again, from the vantage of today, you recognize that it is truly um, God's design for happiness in this world and the next. And speaks a lot about relationship, husband and wife, family, sexuality. Mm. Did you embrace that portrait when you were married? Was it part of your— was it important to you? Was it part of your lives?
2: No, it wasn't
1: a kind of a no, side not thing. Not
3: where it should have been. Yep. Okay.
2: Absolutely. Yep. It was. You know, we 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 did end up using natural family planning more. So, I think out of not wanting the hormones, and I had gone through ultrasound school, so I really understood, you know, the body at that point, and it started. I think that was another kind of a little nudge from, you know, the Holy Spirit to kind of lead us back but of course we you know had used the pill for a while but it it, because i didn't feel good on it those are more the reasons than being catholic for Mm -hmm. you know not knowing the whole truth you know if i I always say if i knew then what i know now Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have you know touched it but hindsight's 2020 and i you know maybe i would have i don't know because you truly think you know what's better So I love listening to you
0: guys and certainly outside of studio stories. Also, as you look back during those years and then, you know, a few beyond, even though you weren't, you know, proclaiming the Catholic faith in this way, this way, and this way, isn't it beautiful to look back and see these little nudging points, Mm -hmm. as you Mm -hmm. said, or just how the Lord pursued you? you know oh, absolutely and and patiently i mean we all have areas in that <laughs> right. right so i don't want to sound like oh you guys but just i guess i'm wanting to proclaim that grace and goodness of right. god that no matter where you're at in life and you know and especially people like you who are such good people like obviously i didn't know you back then but from stories i hear and just knowing you now you guys are thoroughly just salt of the earth people who would give you the shirt off your back and you know just if there's a need you guys always respond to so even in that way without naming it as you know the faith you guys lived it without the title right. and the lord and through his spirit just you know quite evidently guided you along right. and patiently we just you didn't know. stop to listen was our problem i think we took
3: a lot of listening that we, we didn't pick up down. on but
0: mm-hmm. So, fast forward a little bit. You have three children: mm-hmm. Hannah, Seth, and Emma. Emma. Um, so, go from there. Like, what? What? What are some of those moments that you know were more evidence in kind of drawing you back?
3: Well, once again, we were in the mindset of, "Oh, we have to wait to have a child once we have a house, and then, oh, we got to be financially ready, and just a lot of." nonsense that faith would have taken care of if we had followed the Mm -hmm. faith so we waited four years after marriage to have hannah and uh, we had our first house and that was uh, another god moment moment. (laughs) um, because my aunt and uncle live next door and they would go to Florida for the winter, and Kath and I would go over there and check on the house. And we would sit there in the dining room table or at the mm-hmm. the couch, and we'd say, "Boy, this, you know, <laughs> it'd be nice to have this house, you know, and all this." And lo and behold, like two three years later, they says, "You know what? We're going to move to Florida permanently. And uh, are you interested in buying the house?" Beautiful. So that was our first home, and uh, we did a lot to it, and, we and had it was a lot a of blessing great because
2: houses out in that area don't go for cheap Mm -hmm. and they had said we'll we'll sell you the house for what it's appraised at Mm -hmm. and so it came in it fit perfectly in our budget at that point i was i had my my ultrasound license so i was working taking call at nights things like that i had thought i was going to be that working mom you know when i got that job and had every intention i i was you know because i was hearing from siblings and you
3: were in the first Right. part of Hannah's life. Right. I
2: was hearing siblings saying, you you can't make it on one income. You mm-hmm. can't make it. It was just constant badgering of, you can't mm-hmm. make it on one income. People can't make it. And so I was looking up to these people and being like, well, if they're doing it, then they're not going to look down on me. And one day went to work and uh, went to pick up Hannah. I had, had just a mess of a day. Went to pick up Hannah. At the. It, we. It, it, so I swear it was God nudging a Every human being we placed her with for daycare she didn't last a week, disaster. two weeks. Mm-hmm. We were not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, and mm. ended up putting her in a daycare um, over in Holland, Slovenia, and picked her up, and she would cry the entire way home, mm. just
0: oh. cry.
2: It was painful, and people would say, "Oh, it's just because she's comfortable with you, and so she feels like she can let it go." So it was just another way to poo-poo it and say it's okay. And uh, she came home. I was home in the kitchen one day, and she came up the stairs and said, um, I want you. I want you. And I was stressed, Aww. you know, busy. And and I thought she was going to say, I, or she goes, I want, I want, I want. And, and she goes, I want to hold Just, you. Uh-huh. And that was it. Uh-huh. I went to him and said, We got to figure this out. Um, I can't do this. So that's beautiful. Making.
3: And it was a struggle to go to one it was income, for a but. Bit. It was the best thing we ever done. Mm.
1: So when you raise this question, Kathy or Terry, talking about what Hannah said, a moment of sort of emotional appeal that had strong truth in it, right, that she's wanting to be raised, formed, that intimacy with her parents without judgment for anybody and their struggles. No, exactly. But, But there's a design here. And uh, my brother and sister-in-law, similar circumstances, we like to say. I like to say what Keith says. And what's that? He says, we didn't have children for other people to raise them. And that's not meant to beat us up. It's just meant to, to raise the question, you know, w- w- you know, children are given to us physically for a reason. And there is something primitive and fundamental. And we do see sociologically the challenges um, challenges if we're not the primary caregivers, providers, nurturers in the home. And you didn't necessarily know the data or the sociology or no. even Catholic oh. teaching, perhaps again another example of of truth just being woven into your experience and kind of choosing it on that basis. Was faith clicking at all with some of these things at the time? And share I think that with it us.
2: Totally was because I think my brain was. I don't want her saying that to somebody else, and 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 it mm. it it started to trigger that. Like Terry was so close with his kids. You know, he wasn't the hands-off dad he was you know he would come home from work and we went through a really stressful time um I, I i also had my hair license to cut hair and so i would cut hair at home and i truthfully don't even remember how i started cutting some of this family's hair
1: you were a bit too good with terry
2: yeah exactly um, the bald wonder and terry hey, hey, hey. was really stressed right with right his here. job making diddly squat you know working up in adrian i think at that time were you at Dura. Uh.
3: Might
2: have been at Parker Hanna. Yeah, Parker. So he wasn't making you know a whole lot of money, but it was it was enough with that, and then me taking call through the night. Um, but I was also cutting hair on the side. And this family came in, and they would see how meticulous he was with his lawn and his fixing everything. He could fix anything with you know some duct tape. He was like MacGyver. Um, <laughs> yes. So she started asking questions, and lo and behold, her husband owned a, a tire retreading facility, and they were getting ready. To open up a brand new facility up in Blissfield, and he's like, "I, I think I want Terry to run that facility," wow. and so that was kind of a little bit of a, a I mean, not, not a little bit; it was a huge blessing, mm. you know. That validation, blessing, yeah. And then when he lost that job, it was even a bigger blessing. Like yes. it, it's
3: not at the time, no, yeah, but, but looking back tr- on it, it, definitely was.
2: It's truly looking at something and going god brings these things for a reason and there's suffering that goes with it and mm. you need to embrace that suffering and 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 I think we did like we we stressed for about a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we stressed for a week when he lost his job and there's so many things that came into play that would take hours to explain but yeah. So
1: so you guys are experiencing the naturalness the word became flesh. You're experiencing it, if you will, in the flesh, the validation that there's some truths in here, and we want to press you to think about or ask your thoughts on this. When was it kind of clicking that what you were experiencing naturally as a good, and even these virtues of trust, right, a natural trust, a natural hope, and things emerging, when and how did that open the door for you to see that there's a loving, personal God in this, and He desires our happiness? How did that begin to emerge or play out?
2: Probably a good fifteen years later, maybe.
1: Okay. Um, wow.
2: Yeah, everything was easily wiped off as, and I don't know if I consciously was. Oh well, God wouldn't give me those things because of blah. But I think we saw those as blessings, and we were like, okay, yay, God, and kind of the that you know the typical in passing. Oh, I'll pray for you, but that never you never sit down and truly pray for somebody. That's where we were, you know, like we. We were just lukewarm, and, and uh, so we built our home um, that we live in now, and Hannah was four and Seth was two, and many years later, it, it legitimately took me sitting in Mass one day. We had done an Alpha course. We, You know, that kind of sparked me. Like, Let me
1: pause you a second. For anybody who doesn't know what Alpha is, why did you take an Alpha course, and what is it?
2: So... I don't know. I, I don't even remember signing up for it. I don't remember any of that. But it was.
3: I think Father Mike encouraged us to take it. it
2: yeah, they talked about it in church. So Alpha is a program that was started in the UK um, by a guy named Nicky Gumbel. Well, he didn't start it, Nicky, but this Nicky Gumbel, who's a vicar there, was invited to go on an Alpha, and it's a ten-week program, and it's very, very watered down, um, but. The basics. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is our Savior. He was real. He was a man. And it was like a spark lit in me. Like,
1: hmm.
2: he was real. Like, hmm. he wasn't a fictional character. This isn't just somebody we talk about on Sunday. And it it, it it was the ball that got rolling. And so I know so many people that do Alpha that are truly Steadfast in their faith, that would look at it and be like, What what did you learn from that? You know, you didn't know that. The
1: ABCs of faith. But you were hungry for it and it spoke to you at that moment.
2: Right. So I had started doing um, the teen uh, youth group type thing. And they had a, uh, Holy Trinity has a great program for that that we were following. Um, So it was kind of this little ball that that sparked. And um, I say it was one day, Father was standing on the altar. Held up the host and said, "This is the body of Christ," and mm. it was like that was it. Oh. I woke up to literally like that's not a that's not a wafer, that's not a crouton, that's not a symbol, that's not a Catholic faith is different than Presbyterians and all things are Protestant. Like it was like my mm. brain was like racing, mm. and I, I don't know. I, I know we did the Alpha, and we, it's funny because we were in a group. Um, With two others actually the millers who you guys know um we didn't know them that well at that time they were in and out of our group not very you know busy they have kids and so it was hard to commit and they asked you to commit to the 10 weeks and we did we i think i don't even know if we missed one we didn't miss any i would text my kids pull up this video Pull up this video now because I was starting to feel like, what have I not shared with them? Mm. What have I not told them? What have I didn't... beautiful? And Emma would go, Mom, we know that. <laughs> like, yeah. what is wrong with you that you don't know that? <laughs> so it was just always funny because my kids got it because, you know, I always say partially because of their Holy Trinity upbringing, but um, Hannah was away at school. I believe she was maybe in college at that time. It would make sense, the timeline. You know my my fuzzy math. Um, she came home and was like, what on earth happened to happened? you? Happened. <laughs> Who are all these people? I don't know. these <laughs> Schle- Who are these Schleters? Who are the Schleters? And I think your kids did the same. Who are these Bettingers you're talking about?
1: Um, let me pause you a second. Yeah. So we're talking in the last 4 or 5 years. So this is like Absolutely. 2015, mm-hmm. 16-ish, yeah. 17. Yep. So Hannah
2: graduated in so 16.
1: I don't want to gloss over too quickly that this powerful moment of deeper awakening, which we'll have our whole lives, but when you pointed to was the simplicity of Father Mike at the altar talking about the real presence of Jesus the god of the universe the creator of all and, and through whom we find our salvation etc that that john 6:53 to 55 he who does not eat of my body and drink of my blood has no life within him that 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 pronouncement from him of this presence that's been with us for 2000 years you're at a place of readiness though you're at a place of you've heard that before Every, yeah. but so something maybe my point here and it's good for me to hear this and any of our listeners you know isn't enough to know in our heads a truth, something truly powerful happens when we have the humility, dare I say the brokenness, enough to really not just hear a word and a concept, but to encounter a person. Mm -hmm. You encountered a person that day, and I saw the tears in your eyes, you couldn't see it, and when you shared this a few years ago, I heard the same story that you encountered. He was always there, but waiting for you and being present to you, but in that moment, you encountered Christ, and that was transformational for you.
2: Right, right, right.
1: It's yeah. hard to tell people that, like, how do you, like, how do you tell somebody who's struggling right now with anxiety, depression, struggles, bitterness, anger, anguish, lust, pride, you know, marriage broken, so the whole me? deal. I mean, how do you, you know, I'm just, <laughs> me? Uh, you know, how, me. but how do you speak to somebody to say, here he is?
2: I, I don't know. I know I had searched and I think it was my, it was probably my, you know, my core that was searching and. I would not like the priest. you know, We had a priest at our church um, when Hannah was a baby that our deacon would be like, oh, thank you for taking your babies out of church when they're crying. And it was like embarrassing. But mm. it was me always wanting to be entertained. Mm. And so it, it was, again, hearing Father Mike's telling people, you're not here for a show. You're not here. Mm. He says that all the time. Just simple things like he'll say, don't you know, if you're here for, you know, if it's a funeral, if it's a baptism, he'll so lovingly pronounce that you are welcome to come up for a blessing. You know, we recognize that some of you are not Catholic. He has a great, and I, and I, and I remember Hannah being in college and bringing a friend home from college. He'd come to stay and he's, he says he essentially, you know, we were driving up to to mass and i was like to emma you know because i wasn't bold enough which now it would be a different story but i wasn't bold enough to say you know does dylan understand does he understand what you know that he can't go up for communion or kenny can he? can he not like mm-hmm. even then i was you know like why can not he like why isn't it it's a beautiful thing why can't you experience it now i would be like well then become catholic you know mm-hmm. what i mean you want to you you want to partake there's a reason that you're partaking mm-hmm. and it means that you believe this is the body blood, soul, and divinity without believing those things, why would you want to partake Mm. in it? And so to have that verbiage now that I would feel comfortable saying to somebody Uh. for their own sake, you know, like when you when you love someone, you can say those things because they have to know that you're, you know, it's coming from a good place. But I remember saying that to Emma because she was like, Mom, Dylan can't take what's you know, like we're in the (laughs) in the mask, you know, going, what's what what are we going you know, (laughs) but had the priest said that at that time you know, I probably would have been more, you know, ready to say something. But
1: so, quick commercial. Um, priests are amazing, and we are so blessed by all of you priests out there, and all of you um, who are not. Send a note of thanks to your priest for being giving us Jesus Christ. But in a particular way, Father Mike Danderan. Um, if you folks want to hear a little bit of what Kathy and Tara are talking about in the blessing of Father Mike, talking about the real presence making it real and accessible and authentic. If that stirs in you and you have an interest in that, we had a program a few weeks ago called Making the Most Out of Mass. It was a six-episode series and little ten-minute episodes. Father weaves in stories and really clear teaching from Scripture and his own personal experience and talking about that. And as Kathy said here, you know, Father Mike definitely just kept telling us it's not about entertainment. It's Christ wanting us to worship him in this relationship. So you'll find that at IgniteRadioLive.com. Go to ignite dot com and it's a few episodes back but making the most out of mass i digress terry so do you remember this moment for kathy do you remember her sharing that moment
3: yes i do very well um and it sparked an interest in me as well mm-hmm. and i think it was because we both were on the same page that it helped us to pursue our faith and to uh, become stronger in it. Um,
0: what a we, gift to walk together in that.
3: And we both mm-hmm. were at the same turn mm-hmm. at the same time, mm-hmm. so we've we've gotten uh, to grow together in it, um, and it's been a blessing. Uh, all
2: right, we didn't have to drag either <laughs> either the other one kicking and <laughs> no, screaming. No, not at
3: all. And, and you know, in years past, God was right there. You know, poking me. I would go to church on Sunday and then I'd have the great week. There would be Sundays I would miss because I just didn't feel like going. And I'd have the most horrific week of every problem you could Mm -hmm. imagine, you know? (laughs) And it took so many weeks for me. And then I told her that. I said, You know what? If you're going to church or not, I'm going because I know what my week will be. So.
2: Do you remember Father Farmer? Or Father yeah. Varney? Yes. We would say, we would leave, and we would say, it is like he lifted off our roof of our home. That was
3: Father Flack. Okay, okay. Jack Lifted Flacken.
2: off the roof of our home and spoke in every sermon. All his
3: sermons were about our our week our week hmm. so he gave you a lot of the flack fight. so yeah exactly <laughs> Good so, so it was like those
2: little those little you know again those little nudges you know Emma played soccer for many years from four on for age 4 on it was her life's blood She you know mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. loves sports of any you know any form and we were always, I think he was the same as I was in high school, grade school. We were never, you know, like we said, never popular, not chosen last, not chosen we first. We think you're popular, by the Thank way. You. Um, we were just always searching for that good friend group. I have a mm-hmm. very, you know, good friend from, from high school who actually I went to high school with, but didn't meet her really till after I graduated from high school and we became good friends. She was very popular in high school. I was not, but, you know, very, very good, good hearted person. We were friends with she and her husband, but, you know, in and out with they lived, you know, a ways away and our kids and, you know, things just kind of got in the way. But um, so we kind of made soccer our God. Mm -hmm. So Mm. soccer was our time. Soccer was our entertainment. Soccer was our Sundays. If we were at a soccer soccer was our friends, all the friends, all the people, Our daughter was a good player on the team, um, you know, and you know how that is. That's Those are the parents that people gravitate to, those kind of things. So um, it, that just became our, our life, and we started just seeing just the devil so hard at work mm-hmm. in that. And, 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 and it and, took and us it,
3: too long to realize. So long. If there's a certain person you want to be or a certain way you want to be, you hang around people like that. <laughs> And it took us entirely too long to realize that it's a much easier life when you hang around like-minded people that are on the same goal of getting to heaven, getting their kids to heaven. Wanting we didn't to have do that goal. Right. We
2: had the goal of, you know, like getting on the next team or make it, you know, at that time. But we every weekend was spent, you know, trying to fit Emma in and trying and. Being out in the country, people don't tend to want to drive all the way out. And we had that problem like when Hannah was in high school. Um, for, it was hard to get friends to come over. It was hard to, you know, and, and you spent so much time manipulating, like driving and making sure they're available. And, and we kept over and over. Our kids never fit. They mm-hmm. just never fit. They Praise were, God. Praise, <laughs> and we say that all the time. Praise God for unanswered prayers mm. because there were kids that we well, Emma would be around them and she liked them and they liked her, but their parents had a different agenda mm-hmm. and so they would leave them out and essentially didn't invite her for a few things and would throw you know social media would you know send her a Snapchat hey we're all at Cedar Point and you're still sitting at home and mm. those were kind of the the red flags and and so. We started, you know, like you'd get upset about that. Like, how could they hurt her? But mm-hmm. in hindsight, I would say hindsight's twenty twenty. Saved Seth, a lot.
1: Saved from a lot.
2: Seth was, mm. you know, in school and just such a loving human being. Seth and, is such a great guy. Yeah. And, and, and just never found a great friend group. Never, fi- you know,
3: just... Fit in with everybody.
2: Just kind. And people recognized that, but they didn't invited it wasn't mm-hmm. fun it wasn't you know he wasn't and and we used to get so worked up like the the kids are home every weekend and i feel bad and they're and then in hindsight now i look back and think the kids were home every weekend right. they loved mm-hmm. being home my kids we would push seth and push seth like oh let's find these friends and we look back and he's so happy he's mm-hmm. just was such a happy kid. Like mm. it, here, I'm pushing this kid. It'd be different if he was depressed and moping, and I don't have any friends. He never ever said it. It was me that mm. was. We gotta find friends. We gotta find. He was. He has sisters. He that adore him. <laughs> you know, he didn't need
1: friends. So, so your life really profoundly changed. And we know again, it's a continuing thing. But with right. the Eucharistic encounter, the awakening, you describe a friend group, and realizing and you've shared this with us before that you recognized. We need to choose our atmosphere because we're going to become Mm -hmm. like our atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And um, we were blessed to meet you around that time. Yeah, Folks, if you're listening, they belong to Holy Trinity Parish out in Assumption, and Father Mike Dander pastor. What do you mean, pastor. if you're listening? Well, yeah, there we go. My, my mom is <laughs> listening, so I'm telling my mom, show. there go. Exactly, thank you. <laughs> uh, so no, well. wonderful, wonderful couples we've had on our radio program, and a phenomenal community. And a lot of uh, dynamism, I don't know how else to put it, just great things that are happening. Men's things, women's things, but more than couple that, things, family things. If that, I'm going
0: to interrupt you. Sorry, but I am going to. So yes, all that dynamic stuff, but I can say this about Holy Trinity, and I think it's what you were describing that you didn't have is the community mm. that is found right, there. Right. It
2: is truly a family atmosphere of church. Well, I always say I stalked the Hummisons. I looked at Nikki, <laughs> and I saw such beauty in her and her family, and I wanted that. I, like I, mm. I remember like positioning myself. Let's sit over here right behind like I just gravitated to her and I think that was kind of like what I emulated. Like that's that's what I want for my kids. That's
0: and the few times that we've been blessed to be at a Sunday mass at Holy Trinity for various reasons over the last, you know, handful of years, listeners, every time we would see Terry and Kathy, they would have different children. <laughs> Not the wrong. <laughs> different, fa- like they just, they are, they love on each other. And so that was a huge springboard too, I'm sure, in your faith life because, oh, absolutely. you know, just, yes, the community, but what that meant in growing together. Right. So what were some other significant times over those last few years as you embraced the faith more and more? or allowed the Lord to embrace you more and more in the faith?
3: Well, I think meeting you and Greg uh, was a big step. That was stone.
2: not a lead it.
3: <laughs>
2: um. You should see the big sign she's holding up right <laughs> yes. now.
3: Mention us, mention, mention us. us. Me. Um, because of the different functions that you have put on and that we've been involved in, uh, has definitely helped us in gr- to grow in our faith and uh, family and friends. Um, we consider our church our family, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you guys are part of that. Even though you don't belong to Holy Trinity, we consider you part of family, and we so much enjoy being around you. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the best
2: commercial, essentially, is we've all said it, but we don't need another— chirp not that any of those are bad a chirp uh, a tech uh, you know like it, there's so many retreats and they're, they're all wonderful they're they're great to spark but truly living it every day at home the day i realized that this isn't just my obligation it's mm-hmm. not just my religion it is my life mm-hmm. it's our life like uh-huh. It's
3: short life here on earth. <laughs> Very yes. short.
2: It's, you know, I used to be afraid of dying. I used to be afraid of, you know, I, I was on medication. I was anxious. I couldn't have been more anxious. I mm-hmm. was scared they were going to take my kids. I, you know, they get a bruise on their head. I was legitimately, somebody's going to take my kids. Somebody's going to, the the day all of that went on, I was able to come off of medication because I, and this is for me, I don't have to be anxious. God has it. Like, mm-hmm. truly, if I am being anxious, I'm not trusting. And so if I'm not trusting, then I see what happens when I'm not trusting. You know, the things, when I I start to be in charge and I think I'm going to steer it one way, things don't go so well. When I truly back off and say, why am I worrying? Like, if I even catch myself worrying for a few minutes, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. what, you know, I, this is silly. This, you know, God's, he's told us to take it. He's taking it. So, it's the same thing we know, we thought we knew better. We, you know, we were gonna have three kids, we were gonna have two, and then we would say, well, let's have a third, mm. and we just knew better. We knew more than God did, and and we've regretted it every day. Mm. But I always say God forgave us by giving us our
3: mm-hmm. friends with lots of kids. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and,
2: and and so that's kind of become our vocation in like in our mass, I wanna help every human patient or parent in that church to to be able to have a great encounter with Christ to be able to have some moments and and we're blessed with these families that truly know had this been our soccer family there would have been a looking for a, a motive or a mm. and and here there's no judgment it is here's my baby give me a moment you know we we all know how to speak to each other so lovingly and hear things that you know i'm sure back then if, you know, Terry and I were fighting, I you know, you'd get a friend and you'd, yeah, well, he's da 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 And now I know I can just say to my friends, pray for us. And I know that's what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. there's no judgment. They're not, you know, I don't want anybody truly to be backing me up. I want mm-hmm. them to pray for us. So mm-hmm. it's just such a, it's like our life
3: <laughs> from 15,
2: 20 years ago to now it, night and day has even scared my own mother yeah. like I, I mean <laughs> re- legitimately like yeah. I know she tr- probably thinks that you know we, we've gone off the deep end
1: it's a good end to go into it's a good end cast end to go out into, into. into. I'll into I'll the deep it. in fact Duke in all tomb so folks we all hopefully regularly hopefully daily pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and maybe some of you listening right now as any of us from time to time think to ourselves is that just kind of a quick prayer that we say, or is it real? Like Jesus taught it to us. Is it possible to live the kingdom, to taste the kingdom now, to participate in the kingdom? Is it possible for us to experience all that Jesus revealed the kingdom to be? Love, kindness, compassion, care, healing, transformation, um, an alignment with his heart, the likes of which nothing else will satisfy. Is that possible? And that's my punctuation of what Terry and Kathy are saying is that yes, it's not only possible, it's what we were fashioned for. It's what you and I were fashioned for. And until we run into enough berms and smash ourselves enough times and think we can do it our own way enough times till we till we surrender, we're not gonna maybe hear his voice and and recognize the truth of it saying, I'm with thee to the end of the age and I'm with you in the Holy Eucharist, and I want you to know me personally. And in these days, if if that was true and the enemy hates us, you know what the enemy's going to do is the enemy's going to try to distract us from our nature in God, introduce devices, pixels instead of people. But you're hearing tonight a beautiful testimonial that he does desire us to know him. Let's close in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, you fashioned us for yourself, for an abundant life in you, in our marriages and families, not as a program, but a way of life. Help us to receive it right now, to live in your glory, a participation of eternity. We ask this in your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you all. in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.